Welcome to State of the Revolution, the Michigan Progressive Podcast. I'm Benjamin Klon. Uh, joining me today, we have Ross Fisher. Hey. Mara Zumberg. Hello. Allie Gonzalez. Hello. And Zachary Reinhardt. Hello. As we tape this, it is Saturday, March 23rd. Uh, thank you for... Thank you for joining us. You can find us on Facebook at Michigan Progressive, and you can help support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Michigan Progressive. And we're on iTunes, so if that's how you get your podcast, be sure to rate and review us as well. So uh, it's been a couple weeks since we did this. I was on a trip out of town last week. And so we... Fuck, there's a, a lot happened. Yeah. A lot happened in the last couple weeks. Um... We're going to start with the the sad stuff first. Um, as many of you know, and I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because it's already been done by quite a few shows, uh, quite a few other podcasts already. Uh, but there was a um, <clears throat> there was a terrorist attack in uh, Christchurch, New Zealand, where a uh, white supremacist uh, killed fifty people at two mosques. Um. I don't really know how else to how else to go about talking about this. Uh, it's pretty fucking awful. Um, so far, the response uh, from the New Zealand government has been pretty pretty swift. Uh, right now, they are planning on banning uh, all assault rifles and semi-automatic military-style weapons. Uh, they're going to be developing a program to buy back all of those weapons from the public as well. Um, I guess, what are your guys' thoughts on this? I was really actually shocked to hear that they were also going to be doing the, like the buyback program, mm -hmm. um, because it's gonna, it is going to be like, um, one to like a couple hundred million dollars that the government is like willing to put in to get those weapons back. Um, the, but the, the specifically the military style semi-automatic weapons. Um, but it's amazing how quickly New Zealand really like acted on this. Um, and I know Jacinda Arden, who I'd never heard of before. I mean, I just love her within just a, it's been like a, what, eight days now, I guess, since that terrorist attack happened. Um, and it was just so awful. And seeing all the videos of her going to Christchurch and going to the mosques where it happened to be with the families and to be there to mourn and just like the amount of disrespect and grace, but also the, like, just the swiftness of the justice is so reassuring and just so. It makes me feel really, like, proud of her. It's just so disheartening as Americans mm -hmm. to see how quickly she was like, you know, we're not going to um, publicize and give quasi-fame to the shooter. We're not going to lend credence to some sort of, like, heroic thing that he's done, which, you know, the when you report on those murderers so much, they kind of gain a following. They become like almost celebrities. And she was like, I'm not going to do that. We're not going to talk about them. We're going to talk about the victims. We're going to talk about um, what we can do to prevent it and to stop copycat killers. And it's amazing. Yeah. I, I the, the reaction is just so, so stark compared to what we have here in the United States. Um, it just kind of shows like how strong the NRA is. I mean, in fact, the guy, the guy that, you know, did it, he came from Australia and you look at, you know, they've done a buyback program and they have their own assault weapons ban. And, um, you know, so like, 
And the reason he came from Australia is because he couldn't get a gun in Australia. So he moved to New Zealand so he could get a gun. Yeah. Right. And that's like, it's, it's a globalized movement in that way. And America needs to start taking responsibility, particularly the media, in the way that they report on these stories. Um, I thought USA Today had a pretty decent article come out where they even, like, criticized themselves to a certain extent about how they'd handled things in the past. Um, and then they, they published that there like has been an 80% increase in highly lethal mass shooters influenced by the previous attacker since 2010. Um, it was a study done by Adam Lankford. And that's that just like goes to show that the way that we talk about things really affects the way that things play out. Oh, yeah, I mean, you can definitely see that just in the, the I mean, the shooters, like, you know, quote-unquote manifesto that he left is he's very influenced by, you know, this right-wing movement led by, you know, not led, partially led by Trump, who's emboldened a lot of these people and um, given them, uh, you know, credence to some of their crazy beliefs, and it's just, it's just kind of disheartening. Um, yeah, and it's it's great to see that the oppo opposition leaders in New Zealand were also like, yeah, no, we need to these these types of guns shouldn't be in people's households. There's there's no reason that people should have these guns. I know that I think that I think it's half of the population, almost like exactly of New Zealand, they own guns in their households, but they don't know how many of those um, those households have these. Um, like semi-automatic weapons and these like war machine weapons. Um, so it'll be interesting to see actually how many people will come forward in New Zealand. And it seems like most New Zealanders are agreeable with this. I haven't really seen people saying like, no, from my cold dead hands, like on some like Charlton Heston shit. They're just really not. Um, especially when you get that, um, if I'm going to be recompensated, you know, I'm going to get that refund back. I think that it does make them more, um, more apt to do it. But it's amazing because on, you know, I guess both sides of the aisle, I'm not exactly sure how New Zealand politics works, but the opposition is also like, we're a hundred percent behind, uh, Mrs. Arden. We're going to be doing this as well. We are encouraging our constituents as well. It's a lot yeah, easier for um, New Zealand to act in these type of situations and respond because, um, you know, they don't have a Second Amendment like we do. So they don't have, like, a constitutional barrier to, you know, enacting legislation that a court will overturn like we have in the United States. And, you know, they have a parliamentary government. And so with, um, you know, the Labor Party being in the, in the majority, um, they can, you know, they can pass things pretty quickly without having to worry about, you know, a veto or anything like that. And so um, that's one of the things that struck me is, is how quickly their system can respond to something like this, whereas our system, we it, it's so much slower and takes so much longer to respond with separation of powers. I have to wonder, though, with our system in, in certain aspects, um, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but they don't have the manufacturing of these weapons like we do like we're profiting off of them and they're not right so it's much easier for them to be like well we don't need them anymore but we're like what 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 we can't do jobs. that sure we can't lose our jobs <laughs> yeah like, yeah and i think that it also kind of comes down to does new zealand have the like fear climate that stokes so many gun purchases in the united states mm. like i feel like a lot of uh, gun purchases in the united states are based off of people's fear and whether that's fear 
fear of like Sharia law, if it's fear of immigrants who are coming in, if it's fear of something even broader like the government, whatever that like might be. I don't think that that culture exists in New Zealand. And again, I mean, I don't know much about New Zealand government or anything like that, but um, it does. I am pretty sure that gun murders in New Zealand is uh, is pretty rare. You just don't see it. So I don't know if a lot of those guns, if it's kind of like a Vermont uh, thing where a lot of people have guns in their households in Vermont, but it's mostly for hunting. I don't know if that's what that is in New Zealand, but if people are like, yeah, take them, we'll, we'll give the guns back, it must not be this kind of paranoid fear that uh, they're always in danger, that Americans have. We're constantly paranoid and afraid of things. I think, the, I think yeah. the intense obsession with guns is a uniquely American phenomenon. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's any other country in the world that is so attached. And for every one American, there's ten guns. Like, it's like more than, like way more than even the second most in the in the world. It's ridiculous how many guns we have in this country. Mm -hmm. um, they're being used to murder people. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, people aren't, you know, they don't have muskets in their homes. Yeah, I had a wonder, too, like, because we have here, like, people who have, like, essentially an arsenal in their yeah. in their in their basement and i gotta wonder if like like they might have guns there but like they probably have guns to take care of snakes and wild animals that actually could kill you right like, and it's not just like uh guns right here people say a lot of times we just really admire guns and the sport of it but it's like there are people who are also stockpiling ammunition and it's very easy to get your hands on it yeah. you can go to if i'm not mistaken you can go to walmart and get a lot of basic um bullets from there and ammunition from there you can get it at american eagle right here in lansing they sell like ice salt and stuff like that so it's insane just how used to it we are we're just really accustomed to these these types of gun crimes well amidst this tragedy we did see the rise of a new hero uh one being referred to as egg boy um <laughs> There's a, there's a senator in Australia, in, in Australia named Fraser Awning, who very shortly after the attack uh, made some comments uh, blaming Muslim immigration for the shooting. Um, it was one of the most disgusting and ridiculous things I've seen in a while. Uh, he actually blamed the victims of the shooting for their own shooting. Um, and so at a press conference, uh, a young man named William Connolly um, walked up behind him and cracked an egg on his head. <laughs> and God damn it, was it funny as hell. <laughs> How many racist uh, white men does it take to stop Egg Boy? A lot. Yeah. A lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah, they fucking took him down, dude. And if we're so, you know, I mean, not to, I, not to offend this kid or other people with his body type, but what a lanky kid. It would have only taken one person to have grabbed him and restrained him and maybe let him out. Mm -hmm. He's a 16 year old, but it's like seven, maybe not seven, but like five, 45 to 55 year old men were like, we have to tackle you. After he's already, I mean, he was punched in the face. Yeah. By the he senator punched, yeah, punched he was punched in the face. I'm excited face. to see how that goes And down. look, like getting punched in the face by a man, especially how the, the body type difference between that senator and this kid is just a punch to the face 
for that kid who probably could have <laughs> incapacitated him in and of itself. Yeah. But then it was like they, it was like a show of force where they were like it was you could tell they were so humiliated. They each like grabbed like a yes. limb of his body and started like pulling him apart. They chokeholded like, <laughs> the kid. Yeah. They chokeholded him, and he had nothing. He, he you can see that he kind of resigned himself to the attack. Mm. He was like, I'm just laying here. I'm just laying here. You all see it. So I'm not doing anything. I've done what I came to do. <laughs> exactly. There was, he came to do what he did, and I know that the um, he was given money. People, people threw money at this kid because they just loved him and they loved yeah. what that egg stood for. <laughs> and um, he's donating all of that money to victims of Christchurch and their families. And yeah, it's the, just the so GoFundMe that was set up had an initial goal of uh, I think forty-four thousand Australian dollars and it was it was then later raised to a goal of fifty thousand Australian dollars which is comes out to about thirty five thousand USD um, and they you know they surpassed the goal and uh, yeah egg boy is going to send a majority of the money to the victims of the of the attack um, so that's really cool yeah especially considering that I it, and I might be wrong but didn't Jacinda Arden also say that she was going to be covering the costs of all of the funerals um, in New Zealand. I think that I had read that somewhere. And if that's the case, then that's amazing because yeah. a Laura, lot of that money. I'm checking right now. I I hadn't heard that, but that's that is yeah what the state should be doing. And if, if so, that money is going to be really great for helping those people who. Um, were murdered, the, their kids and their families. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot more that comes after a death than just uh, funeral costs. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it'll be... I'm really happy with this. It was all around a feel-good story. <laughs> and I I loved seeing it, and I loved seeing the remixes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it spawned some pretty great memes. Uh, one, of, one of my favorite memes that I saw was... Uh, Egg boy, like laying on the ground, being being held by all these guys, and he's just like, and the meme says, uh, "My ancestors are smiling at me, Imperials." <laughs> Can you say the same? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, this I like quite a bit. She says they're gonna pay for funerals regardless of immigration status. Yeah. So that's yeah. Great, great. There, and a lot awesome. of those. I mean, a lot of the people who died, not only the children, but a lot of the adults that died were like New Zealand. And I know that um, there are a lot of embassies that had to be, someone had referred to the mosque that the, the first uh, shooting had occurred at as kind of like the model United Nations of um, the Muslim community. So there were people from Bangladesh, there were people from Palestine, Egypt, I mean, just any anywhere in the world that were there. So you saw just uh, so many different people that were just affected in so many countries that were just affected and hurt by this. Mm -hmm. So it's great to see that she hasn't otherized them. Um, and she's, she's claiming all of them. And so that's really great. Yeah. Um, Speaking of not otherizing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, NYU held a vigil for the victims of the attack, which, uh, Chelsea Clinton decided to show up to for for some fucking reason. Or what? And uh, there was a big controversy controversy sparked by uh, one of the act, one of the student activists at NYU uh, confronting her and essentially saying the rhetoric that that you've been using is is uh, to blame for uh, for this attack. Um, 
and Jesus Christ, all like all of Chelsea Clinton supporters uh, and all the fucking blue checkmark pundits just lost their shit on this girl. Uh, you know, and who you know who joined them, which is odd. Odd is the right, like Donald Trump Jr. was like, yeah. you know, this woman that attacked Chelsea Clinton was wrong, and she's like, he's defending Chelsea Clinton. So you have like these like blue no matter who, just like ultra liberal Hillary supporters and Donald Trump Jr. on the same side of things. Kind of yeah. weird. Kind of weird. Unity. He said, yeah, Unity. He said that it was sickening. <laughs> Donald Trump Jr. had tweeted, it's sickening to see people blame at Chelsea Clinton for the New Zealand attacks because she spoke out against anti-Semitism, which basically just goes to show that he doesn't understand what she said that was problematic. It went completely over his head. Then he went on to say, um, we should all be condemning anti-Semitism and all forms of hate, and Chelsea should be praised for speaking up. Anyone who doesn't understand this is part of the problem. Now, that last sentence always just irritates me. Like, you just don't understand. You're part of the problem. You're part of the problem, Donald Trump Jr. He is one of my least favorite Trump kids. <laughs> Seriously. He irks my nerves. <laughs> Favorite. Tiffany, because she's the forgotten one. Yes, <laughs> Tiffany, yeah, Tiffany. Tiffany is like, the best of the Trump kids. Uh, yeah. Possibly Baron Trump because he's a child. He's playing, and, he's, you know. he's playing 5D chess, guys. Yeah. Um, but just, it was, okay, let me just first say, and my opinions are my own, fuck Chelsea Clinton. I have zero empathy for her. I know that a big thing that people were so shocked about Chelsea Clinton is pregnant I can't believe this person would come up to her and tell her how what she said was Islamophobic when she's pregnant first of all <laughs> I was pregnant in my third trimester standing on my feet for eight hours a day fucking Ann Taylor Loft that's worse than what Chelsea Clinton got and that's the reality for most working class people I'm not gonna feel bad for Chelsea Clinton because she's pregnant and someone told her that what she said stoked Islamophobic fires it did please stop trying to downplay what she said she completely otherized immigrants and Alana Mar with what did she say? Co-signed by an American? Yeah, as an American. Spe yeah, speaking as an American. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's complete and total bullshit. And even Kathy Griffin, okay, Kathy, Donald Trump's head on a platter picture, Griffin, went on to defend Chelsea for this and just said how disgusting and vile it was for these girls to say that. Don't tell people from a marginalized community who were affected by her comments and then affected by the shooting, don't tell them how to grieve. There's no unity right. like uh, class unity. The rich will always yep. defend the rich. It's very white feministy, where it's just very feel bad for Chelsea Clinton. I have zero sympathy for Chelsea Clinton. Chelsea Clinton is not a victim whatsoever in this. I still fail to understand why we should give a fuck about anything she has to say in general. What has she done? What, like, what, what Other is she... Other than, like, be her parents' child. Exactly, And yeah. actually, like, when you watch that video, the way, like, th physically she responds, like, you can see her mother. You're like, oh, it's Hillary 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> like, but... Like, what really gets me about this is that, like, so it's a Palestinian woman confronting her about what she's saying. And the, the the way they they brought it out, like her best friend is an Israeli woman who yes, filmed it, Israeli and they put it out now. together. They put out a statement talking about everything, and the Israeli woman went on to say, "We don't believe talking about anti-Semitism is anti-Israel is." 
stopped and this needs to stop being the narrative. So there's like a lot of different layers of problems that Chelsea Clinton is pushing. Yeah, yeah. And it's also that you see it on the left and you're starting to see it, especially with this conversation and it's so stupid that it's a conversation at all. The the far right, as we know, they use anti-Semitism as a reason to destroy the state of Israel and to continue, you know, acts of violence against the Jewish community and the the left not the left necessarily but definitely center left they use it um as a way to broadcast why we need to protect and keep funding the state of israel and so when you see it it's just like when i think of the uh, israeli friend it's kind of that like i'm so sick and tired of you using my people as pawns to keep pushing this islamophobic anti-semitism fear-mongering so it's really important would counter a little bit of that though that like the right christians want israel too because because they don't get their rapture otherwise you know jesus doesn't come back if the state of israel doesn't exist yeah right and you know we all know jesus is totally coming back any day now. <laughs> We're gonna get raptured the fuck up. <laughs> Poor Billy Graham, he never saw it, but <laughs> it's gonna happen, definitely, certainly. So when the rapture comes, when Jesus comes down purportedly to Jerusalem, he will come down to a clusterfuck of shit going on. <laughs> um, so Israel is um, a couple of weeks out from their elections, and our president decided to help their president by tweeting a midday change to decades-long <laughs> foreign policy. Um, he decided to acknowledge Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights, which Israel had contestedly taken from Syria during the Six-Day War in 1967. Um, pretty much the entire international community's response so far has been, eh, I don't want to touch this. Um, but our president decided to like ram it with a red-hot poker. And um, we're going to see how the chips lie. And I think a lot of this is going to be, uh, it's its symbolic, but the point of symbolism is to Yeah, it's kind of like the the, um, the embassy situation. Exactly. Kind of right. a, you it's, know, it's just like it a... Directly mirrors him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if Trump thinks that when Jesus comes back that he's going to uh, go to the embassy in Jerusalem, and that's why they, like, moved it there. <laughs> but I know that when that happened, so many and so many people didn't understand why it was so contentious, why it was met with so much, like, hostility, that they were moving it from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that a lot of people, honestly, just don't, aren't aware of this. But I know the United Nations, they condemned this pretty, with regularity, the occupation of, um, of the Golan Heights. And if I'm, I think that um, part of the, the occupied portion of the Golan Heights is not only in Syria, but it's also, um, there's, like, a, a piece of it that is Lebanese okay. territory. Yeah. Um, um, so I know that on this Middle East tour that uh, Mike Pompeo is in, that he's going through currently, so he was just in Israel, um, and he's going to Lebanon next, um, probably to talk about Hezbollah and nothing else. Um, but I know that one of the big reasons why they kept saying that it's so pertinent for us to keep these Israeli troops in the Golan Heights is to fight Hezbollah, um, and that if we take the troops out now, what's going to happen to stability in Israel? And it's one of those things like, well, we could have not occupied it 
1967, or we could have um, gone through with peace talks about how we could, uh, right. how we could, you know, withdraw these the IDF from that. And it's just gone on for so long that now people are afraid of what will happen if we finally, if Israel finally takes its foot off of uh, Syria and, and Lebanon. What's going to happen then? Well, Syria's probably a little busy. Just yeah. in my personal opinion, <laughs> they're a little busy. Um, the Obama administration actually went to Syria at the very beginning of the Obama administration so that they could have they could foster this, these uh, peace talks between Israel and Syria and it was in the hopes that they could come to and I don't know what the conclusion was supposed to be but so that they could come to a conclusion about the Golan Heights occupation and then lo and behold uh, the war broke out and the, the talks were completely abandoned, and I don't know if it's, you know, while the Syrian war is happening that Trump is like, okay, while their backs are fucking turned, <laughs> this is really like right. uh, Trumpian thing well, to do. Yeah, definitely. It's like, well, we're taking it now. Yeah. Um, well, but Benjamin Netanyahu is up for re-election in two weeks, so, you know, he's got to, they got to play their cards right. They got to look like buddies. He's actually coming here on Monday. Yeah, I don't. So, uh, running know. while indicted, that's uh, also Trumpian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. We'll see. Like, it's not even a, those charges wouldn't even come until like months into his next term. So like, that's we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I think Trump is you know he's just looking to anywhere where he can find popularity, and he's incredibly mm -hmm. popular in Israel. Yeah. So he's basically just trying to do any little thing he can to make uh, Israel not Yahoo like him more because I don't know the U.S. So things aren't going so well maybe right now for him so he's turning to uh, foreign you know foreign allies to uh, stroke his ego I guess yeah. yeah I think there's a lot of um, like uh, I think part of it could be like a lot of signaling um, to like U.S. Uh, Israel um, like interest groups like APAC, for instance, yep. and I think that the Republican Party right now is trying to um, take advantage of the uh, conversation over the Palestinian-Israeli conflict in a way where they are trying to, you know, paint all Democrats as being, you know. Um, anti-Semitic and you know uh, you see some of the 2020 candidates even boycotting um, APAC's conference uh, this coming year so I think there's gonna be I think it's partially um, he him trying to leverage that and uh, make himself seem like the super pro-Israel candidate which is know. so gross yeah especially yeah. considering all the anti-Semitic shit that he's said in his past um, like uh, he only has uh, Jewish people count his money that he the Jewish people are the only people that are allowed to uh, settle his affairs, his financial affairs and stuff like that, which is just so... Wasn't that his defense of, like, not being an anti-Semite? Is like, I can't be an anti-Semite. My lawyer's Jewish. <laughs> That's a completely different one. It's amazing that there's so many <laughs> that yeah. we can we can point to. And, and like you said, it's kind of this, like, this polit American political climate where it's... It's almost taking the focus off of what's happening in Palestine and only focusing on the Israeli part of it. And um, I know on CNN yesterday I had seen uh, at the gym when it was on the gym that they were really broadcasting and they really wanted to push it in that most Democrats um, in Congress are pro-Israeli. 
and it was this thing that they're pushing, like Ilan Omar and um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. There is just a very small but loud voice uh, in this discussion, and they're really not. And so it, it seems like they're they keep um, we keep seeing so much talk about Israel, and you keep seeing all of these like conversations and political issues with Israel, and it it just seems like um, they they realize that they're losing that traction. They're like, oh, wait, maybe this isn't a small minority of people right. who are just talking really loud. Maybe the American people are against the occupation, not only the Jewish community, which is widely against the occupation in the United States, but the United States people as a whole are just against it. Yeah, I think that was part of like Elon's kind of plan is just to start the conversation. And once the conversation, once the cat's out of the bag, you can't put it back in kind of thing. And now yeah. it's just like, manage, like a way of like how to manage it. And you have right. like different people trying to manage it in different ways. Um, you know, you have like certain establishment Democrats, like you had said, like trying to paint themselves as still like extremely like in support of APAC. And then you have like, you know, the right, like trying to be super clingy, like, you know, in the sense like, well, the Democrats were never with you. We're always with you. Yeah. Like, like I know like, Lindsey Graham had said that uh, Trump's de decision, um, to call like the Golan Heights uh, occupation that it was like justified and that it was Israeli land strategically wise and overall awesome <laughs> oh my god it is oh. it is awesome dude it was very sick um, <laughs> and it's just fuck. totally just Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham look you either have to hate Trump or you're with him you can't play both sides of this dude you either hate him or what he does is, is sick and gnarly and awesome it can't be both it's just yeah it's so it, it's just nauseating all of this talk about it it's just just say that American politicians are very invested um, in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict for financial reasons. Tell us your Just Graham. say it. Just say it. You're invested <laughs> in this for financial reasons. One of my favorite parts I read about this was uh, how I think I forget who it was, but they expressed concern that um, this Trump tweet would um, hamper the Jared Kushner's um, plans for. Um, Israeli-Palestine his, um, his one-man uh, effort to talks or whatever he's trying to <laughs> like yeah apparently he's still working on this uh, one-man effort yeah, to he's, fix the Middle East Camp Jared yeah, yeah, Camp yeah. <laughs> I could just see him like sitting at his laptop just like looking at the Wikipedia page like <laughs> 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 Israel-Palestine conflict he's watching he's watching John Green's like crashed uh, what is it crash yeah. course on YouTube <laughs> messaging yeah, yeah. messaging yeah. Vaga on WhatsApp what what does this mean? <laughs> well, you yeah. can just like see, like look at his Google search history, and it includes like what is Gaza? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jared Kushner is just a. Whew, they really Who is Benjamin this... Netanyahu. <laughs> what is BB? <laughs> it's, it's, Jared Kushner is just like so frustratingly. Um, that, why would you put him on this? He's supposed to be drafting. Um, what is it like a, the resolution for the Israeli-Palestinian conflict or something that is going to help? He's with Jewish. The he knows how to so do it. Jewish. And a lot of the people that, he, that Trump has working <laughs> are these like right-wing um, Jewish people, and it's one of those things where it's like I got a Jewish friend, and they're honest <laughs> with me. What, what really is funny to me about that is like it's like the sliding scale of who is white and who isn't white, and who has white privilege and who doesn't. Yeah. And who's friends with who that gets the jobs that gives them the privilege? Yeah. And like. It's funny to me because Judaism sits on this spot because most people appear like most Jewish people appear white like you see especially them in, in the U.S. Right, especially in the yeah. U.S. Um, but 
but that doesn't always come with privilege, but it can, and, and it's interesting, it's an interesting spot in terms of like your ease of access to privilege. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and especially with the United States Jews, because they, they did sacrifice, and this isn't to say that it's broadly, but a lot of uh, United States Jews, they did sacrifice their outward, uh, like Jewishness, for the comfort of white privilege. And it's just true, and it's, it's a survival technique. And, and I don't necessarily, you know, blame them, and I have no right to do that whatsoever, one way or the other but yeah I mean you see it with Jared Kushner he's oh, allowed totally. to do it he's allowed to do it yeah and I know that there's a lot of problems now because they're worried that this this tweet this single tweet will um, undo all the all the poor work that poor Jared has been doing um, and that a lot of Jewish so leaders are going to be apprehensive to just acquiesce to the loss of these Arab lands they're just that you know they're like you know okay if we give you Golan that's it we're not going to compromise on anything else. That this is potentially going to undo a lot of this work that they that Trump forced all this homework that Trump forced him to do, and now he's like, throw it out. We're giving you a new subject. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Zach uh, Zachary has to get going soon, so I, I want to uh, before he leaves, I want to get into the next segment um, because I'm sure he has a lot to say about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Last week, um, uh, Beto O'Rourke, Robert Francis, Robert Francis, <laughs> Robert Francis O'Rourke announced uh, announced his candidacy for the Democratic nomination in 2020, and boy, he made a, he made a splash, didn't he? Uh, not as much as Mike Gravel. Not as much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's 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 for another topic. But yeah, Beto. Um, I mean, yeah, he 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 made a splash. Uh, everyone's. Um, great white hope. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I really despise him because he's everything that I disliked in Obama, but white. <laughs> so it's like there's nothing endearing like anymore. Like yeah. he's not as charming. He's not gonna be like the first black president. He's gonna be like another white dude. Like a Jack's like can skateboard and look edgy. And yeah, I jump on the top of countertops in restaurants. Yeah, well, <laughs> and crash down. burgers. Yeah. Even if you stand food. for nothing, stand on something. <laughs> <laughs> he's absolutely. Um, he's absolutely having a midlife crisis. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and he was like, "Look, I could probably." either really bury myself into my family or maybe fixing myself, maybe get a hobby, maybe I'll join a ska band or something and he was like, no, I'm gonna run for president. Born for it. Yeah, born to be, born born to be in it, it man. Like, yeah, there's a lot of people who think that, like seven-year-old girls have been thinking that for a really long time and like, that doesn't mean that all seven-year-old girls should be president someday. Well, and like the thing is, is like, that's like one of those like super tone-deaf things because like a seven-year-old girl, like I absolutely wanted to believe that, but like some white dude like, I'm born to be in it? Yeah, look at the last 43 presidents. Of course you're born to be in it. <laughs> That's how it was set up. Exactly, yeah. How about, how about we move away from that? Yeah, I wish his wife would have just been like, are you sure you just don't want to take a third class? <laughs> Some people were pointing out that, like, when he was running for Senate uh, last year, he had even he made jokes about how he's not helping his wife raise their kids. Yeah, it's like, not a joke. Like, as a mom, I feel very, I feel very firmly about this. If you're not pulling your weight around, this is a divorce waiting to happen. It's not something. 
something funny to broadcast. This is his midlife crisis. This is truly a midlife crisis. We this like, and I bet you, I'm putting twenty dollars right now. In five years, he's gonna be dating Rosario Dawson. <laughs> <laughs> right now, this man needs to just take a break. Like, go to Ibiza and like have a vacation. Like, you don't need to run for president yeah. right now. Take your kids. Yeah, take the kids. Much better than I would. And then you can all yeah. like air drum in your fu- in the fucking yeah. like. Uh, yeah. Yeah, fast food like, drive through. Dad, what are you yeah. doing? He, that's the thing about. I think that's the thing about like Beto is that like you look at him, and you're like, yeah, dude, this would be a great social studies teacher. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he just gets up on his desk in the middle of class. <laughs> <laughs> We're yeah. talking about world religion. <laughs> this is marking yeah. period. And how we all need to come together. Yeah. <laughs> I was born to teach you guys. About Let's have a debate about as nerds, it. Yeah. as jocks. <laughs> that same damn blue shirt. That that. Light, light blue shirt and he just shows up to class every day in that yeah. <laughs> the amount of energy he has is impressive like I have never seen like so like I was watching some of his like um some of his live streams like when he's driving around he drives he drives the van himself <laughs> and is literally just driving across the country running out of the van dropping up on a table and getting back in the van driving off like I don't think I don't I, I, I don't think that the guy literally ever sleeps I, I have come to the I have come to the conclusion that he does a massive amount of cocaine he does um, that's the only way he could possibly pull this off. I feel like if, um, you know, people used to say that, like, people like George Bush because he was, like, the guy that you wanted to have a beer with, I think people like Beto because he's the guy you want to do coke with. Absolutely. <laughs> Dude, I would totally do blow with Beto. I would too, that'd be oh, really that's fun. that's a new hashtag, blow with Beto. <laughs> yeah, he's great for that, but, like, yeah, not maybe, like, foreign policy. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not that. Or even Anything domestic else. policy. Like, do we, want, or do we want this guy to, like, run our military. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no. And you're, you're absolutely right, though, when you said, he's Obama if you took all of the flavor and spice out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, all of his yeah. policies are, like, very much the same, but we were blinded by Obama because he was black. He was different. He was young. Charismatic and handsome. I talk about this every fucking time I'm on the show. Charismatic, handsome, young men. But it's true. And I think that Beto kind of has that, but it's just like not enough. It's just no. not enough to convince me, you know? It's because he, he has no policies. Mm-hmm. Like, like he just he won't take he won't stand for fucking anything except for I guess maybe the the fossil fuel industry, who he's yeah. very good friends with. Yeah, he signed like the the no fossil fuel pledge, which is like you know I'm not gonna take any money from you know the fossil fuel industry or any of their executives. And then it turns out like he took a shit ton from fossil fuel executives. <laughs> and they were like, the same thing that happened with uh, Booker, where he told us that he wasn't gonna be taking any big pharma money and like that nigga lying. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, and like I like I was, tr- I was thinking back to like when I first heard of Beto, and like it was probably I, it was some point during his Senate race because he had never really done. I mean, he didn't do anything in Congress before. Yeah. Like he really was like a nobody in Congress, and then all of a sudden he's like the savior of her Texas, who's going to defeat Ted Cruz, he and he doesn't. Federal courthouse. Oh, <laughs> he did. Yeah. This is big. Well, <laughs> never mind what I just said. Then. Uh, <laughs> that'll be his uh, number one thing on his website. Uh, uh, <laughs> Him crouching on top it's of too policy oriented. Standing on top of it. 
<laughs> but yeah, and then I remember it was, you know, I remember seeing like some Facebook uh, sponsored thing from him, and it was like, you know, that he doesn't take corporate PAC money, so he jumped on that train into like, you know, because that, that was trending, you know, not to take corporate PAC money, and that, but, you know, it, it, yeah, well, like, it, the amount of, like, people just didn't really... I feel like look into his record at all when he's running against Ted Cruz because it was just like, oh, he can beat Ted Cruz, so he's awesome. Like, and he's got all his charisma. Exactly, yeah. But Ted Cruz like, was beer, beer yeah. goggles. Yeah, yeah, seriously, <laughs> for yeah, sure. Yeah. He didn't even beat Ted Cruz. Yeah. So, which we all thought Cruz. was sweet. I mean, yeah, when I first heard about him, it was during that when he was running against Ted Cruz, and I, I was, was like, oh, it's finally that. happening. You know, we're gonna get him out of here, and then. And then he won. Like Ted Cruz grew a beard, and I don't think he's leaving anytime soon. Like now that he's got that beard, and like, Beto's <laughs> 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 running for president. <laughs> it's just insane. <laughs> that whole story. If, I mean, I saw a lot of people who were like, "We need Beto to run now. He's gonna run with like Bernie Sanders, and it's gonna be great." And it's like. Mm. I remember seeing that, and I just felt, like, really weird about it. And then, like, then he announced that he was running, and it was like, is he running so that he can jump on the Bernie Sanders train? That was my next question. Like, who's in this to to, to actually be VP, and who's actually running to be president? Because I feel like he might be doing a Joe Biden. I think he's the, <clears throat> I think he's the, holy shit, Joe Biden isn't going to work. We need someone else. And I think that is 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 quite literally is is better because I think I think when Joe Biden announces I think <coughs> he's going to um, tank pretty much you yeah. know people people see Joe Biden and and what they're seeing is they're seeing background Joe Biden you know the one behind Obama yeah but like as soon as that switches and it's foreground Biden I think that's gonna mm. completely change the dynamic and people are gonna be like oh. Oh yeah, that's why we didn't elect you in 2008. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Ugh, and I mean, besides the fact that he's creepy, and he's very forward creepy. Yeah. It's it's not like oh, you would maybe miss this if you weren't looking hard enough. He's yeah. very outwardly creepy. I'm not interested in replacing grab her by the pussy with grab her by the shoulders, honestly. And massage her. And then whisper in her ear and breathe on her neck. Yeah. <laughs> they are the same offense. <laughs> yeah, the, my favorite pick is the one with him, like, and he's hanging out with, like, the bikers, and he's, like, being all creepy with those biker girl, and these two bikers are, like, just glaring at him. <laughs> I've like, never seen yeah, that. Yeah, I see that. Goodness. Yeah, yeah, they're about to, like, murder him. My yeah, favorite is, uh, I think he was, like, he might have been... I think it was swearing in um, Jeff Sessions in the Senate or something like that. But Jeff Sessions' like daughter goes up and like he goes like you know put the hands on the shoulder and Jeff Sessions smacks his hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow. Well, that's like the whole thing with like frat brothers and like you can't date my sister. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> fuck you, you know. Because <laughs> I want to fuck my sister. <laughs> I'm just assuming. <laughs> Well, I was thinking more like they know their bros are toxic, so don't fuck my sister because you're going to um, be an abusive ass. See, I just... <laughs> Alabama got mentioned. Yeah. I thought you were talking about like an Alabama, maybe yeah. deep Mississippi That track. could be a Jeff Sessions problem. Probably. <laughs> I mean, probably more. I mean, Trump wants to fuck his daughter, so I think that Maybe it might have been why Sessions like, you can't touch her, only I can. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Jeff Sessions is going to kill us all. <laughs> Oh, I've had worse than a Keebler elf come after me. <laughs> a racist little Keebler elf. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, he's gross. There, uh, there has been quite a bit of talk about uh, Beto's uh, first 24-hour fundraising. 
A lot of it has been <laughs> stupid. Um, <laughs> on all you sides. On every side. Just yeah. so dumb. Two million dollars. So, yeah, Bernie, in Bernie's first 24 hours, he raised 5.9 million. Uh, Beto reportedly raised 6.1 million. Um, now, there is this stupid fucking conspiracy theory going around, especially amongst Bernie supporters, um, that that uh, Beto had allegedly given like $4.5 million left over from his Senate campaign to the Texas State Democratic Party, and uh, allegedly they had given it back to him on the day that he announced to inflate his, his fundraising numbers. Um, which is completely unfounded. Uh, there's and no, stupid. It's super stupid for a number of reasons. Uh, number one, it, it is true that he gave, his, his, his Senate campaign gave $4.5 million to the state Democratic Party in Texas. Um, but we wouldn't be able to see whether or not uh, the Texas State Party gave it to Beto because those reports don't come out until next month. Uh, also, um, the um, state party uh, giving back to candidates, uh, there's a limit. They're capped at 5000 yeah, yeah, so you can't get $4.5 yeah. That would be super fucking illegal. And here's the <laughs> other thing. like um, you know, Bernie, for instance, he had a lot of leftover money in his Senate campaign because he didn't really need it. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, he transferred that over to his presidential campaign. You can do that. You can transfer from a Senate campaign to a presidential campaign, and uh, Beto could have done that just as yeah. easily. So, I mean, there's no reason to do like jump through hoops or, or do any of that, or make uh, it look shady when you don't have to. Yeah, do that. yeah right, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, can I get that money back? And also, can you have like a thousand people send me five thousand dollars, five thousand dollar increments? Yeah. There. Um, yeah. I'm, I mean, there are some interesting things to note about Beto's fundraising so far, though, which is that yes, he did technically pull in like 0.2 million more than than um, than Bernie did, but his average contribution, uh, as opposed to Bernie's being twenty seven dollars, his was. Forty-seven dollars. Forty-eight. Forty-eight. They, yeah, they uh, released forty-seven, and then they recorrected to forty-eight. Yeah, and he had like I think it was like close to a hundred thousand less donors than Bernie did. Yeah, well, so, there's, uh, there's some controversy there. So like um, every other candidate so far has um, said I've gotten this much from my average donation, and I got it from this many individual donors. Um, it might be nothing. It might just be because I think that the honestly I think the Beto campaign is kind of like trolling people in, in in a sense. I think that's like why they didn't release their numbers right away because they mm -hmm. wanted like this kind of wild. Spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think this might be maybe more part of that, or it could be actually something I guess we'll see on, uh, in mid-April. But <clears throat> he didn't use in individual donors. He said unique contributions, which could mean, not saying that it does, but it could mean um, one person donating multiple times. And if you do that, your average donation will go down, but the number of people actually donating to your campaign is also a lot less than the 125,000 reported. So Yeah. But I have to leave, and on that note, I'm going to say, uh, fuck Beto. Do you later, Zach. But, um, yeah, I'm, I mean, surprise, surprise, centrists have more money than we do. Right. What? Centrists have more money than progressives. Yeah. How did you come to that conclusion? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... <clears throat> It's one of those things where it's like, you know, every, everyone keeps saying, like, you know, anyone but Trump, and it's like, yeah, I guess, yeah, that's it's fair, you know. Um, but does it have to be him? <laughs> but we're in a primary. Shut the fuck up. Exactly. With Trump. Well, well let's yeah. get there after we do the fucking exactly. primary. Exactly. Like, that doesn't mean that we have to just put the, like, first lock that can, like, you know, do a fucking kickflip. 
as a fucking. <laughs> can he even do a kickflip? I don't know. He probably I'm sure loiters. He can. I don't know. <laughs> what do skateboarders do? They loiter. They do coke. <laughs> we already know he's doing that. So. <laughs> I saw. I saw a video made by uh, like a group of skaters where they basically said Beto's a fucking fraud. No. <laughs> he's not no. a real skater. <laughs> he loses the skater. Mode. I trust those like 16-year-old kids in vans <laughs> who still watch people of Am more than I trust Beto. <laughs> Point blank. I think I think an important question we have to ask is like what like what good is he? Like <laughs> <laughs> He's, he, he's pretty. He's pretty and he talks good. I mean, what else does he have going for him? He's young. Okay, so he's like young ish. He's younger than Trump. I feel like it's part of the pretty thing. And yeah, he's young, yeah, and he's younger than Sanders. He's um yeah, I don't know. I think he should just—he shouldn't stop running and just drive around the country um, and just giving like motivational speeches to people and just. Like, I, would love I think he'd be that. great at that. Yeah, I would love Actually, that. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. know, he's absolutely the type of guy that I'd be like, come to Stobers and like jump yeah, on, on the... jump on the bar <laughs> while I'm drinking my gin and tonic and like just just say things at me really loud and I'm yes. going to be like, yes. You know what we, he could do? We shout start... like vague, like vague. <laughs> platitudes at us and like make us all feel hopeful. Yes, maybe be great maybe for that. Beto yeah. could start trying to rehabilitate incels. He's a white man, maybe that's <laughs> him. <laughs> like, that would be some really great work that he yes. could do for the country. They need some help and yeah, it's right. gotta yeah. be white men. Right they they're Peterson. not gonna listen to anyone. They, yeah. need they need Beto, not Jordan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that he's a great guy. There's like nothing that I can say. Yeah, he nice seems man. like a really great guy. Like he's the type of guy you invite to your dinner party. But like, yeah, he's he just doesn't. In my opinion, he just doesn't have what it takes. Um, and he's. I think that he's even a. He's just kind of like up there with like Cory Booker, where it's like they they seem like they're the they're the next great thing, but they just don't have it. There's just you open it up and there's nothing there. But well, they they can jump on somebody else's bandwagon in my book, but they're not out there writing their own book. Exactly. Like, they're not exactly. out there with their own story. Like, okay, this is what we're doing. This is what we got to do. I've been standing for this for my whole career. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, I think that O'Rourke would be a great VP. You know, because there's you you know that he would have that party loyalty. And that's that's yeah. it. That's all he needs to do. <laughs> he's, just, he's just cementing yeah, the democratic and you, support. And, me, and then we get to make yeah. fucking funny memes of him and you know behind the president, like during the State of the Union, mm. without being creepy without like Biden. Creepy, you know. Who do you think would pick him as VP? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Possibly, I think that Elizabeth Warren would. Um, because I know that there's a. I I've heard a lot of things about how he's. Um, He's got like the Hispanic vote, and honestly, is is Beto O'Rourke even any type of Hispanic? No, I've heard he's see, Irish. And see, I've heard it nonstop that he is, um, from like different yeah people that it was like oh it was like, kind of like the Hispanic against the Hispanic and the and the Texas thing. I don't know if it's because he's got brown hair. Is that all it takes for people to think that he's Hispanic? Because his nickname is Beto. Yeah. He might be a yeah. And maybe it's just a Catholic. People just conflate brown hair and Catholicism with being Mexican. <laughs> um, but I think I could see Elizabeth Warren doing that because he's he's young and he's attractive and he's got that like joie de vie, um, I guess, the coke. <laughs> but yeah, I could see her doing it. I don't see Sanders doing it. 
He's already said that he's going to pick someone younger and someone of a different gender. Okay. I can see Kamala going for him. Yeah, that's, I was just going to say that. Same. Oh, yeah. yeah so that's I found true. out something about Kamala this week. Her oh. stepkids call her Mamala. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, no. Mamala. It's almost like bu- Bubala. It is. It's like almost- Bubala. Mamala. <laughs> it off now like every time I see her it's Mamala <laughs> oh no every time I see her I just keep seeing the really awkward Wakanda forever that she oh, did God. that one time I when you when you told it. me that like a couple days ago, like I was, I just said I, I fucking hate you. Why did, <laughs> why did you have to tell me that? I really did not need to know that. It humanizes her more than anything else that I've it heard. Does. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> that is truly the most the humanizing, <laughs> the most humanizing thing I've heard about her. Every other time I hear, I'm like, yeah, she's still a fucking cop. Then I'm like, Mama, and I'm like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> Mama and Beto. Beto, Mama and Beto. Yeah. Mama and Beto. Yeah. How could you not vote for that? Yeah, how could you not vote for Mama and Beto? Come on. Yeah, but then you gotta consider, like, that I feel like there would be a lot of... There would be voting for them, yeah. Yeah, there'd be, but I feel like there'd be a lot of scandal. Like, just considering sexism, be like, are they having an affair? Then it'd be a whole thing, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. American politics really does suck because it's all... It's, it's never about the policy. It's about the policy here at this ta- at this table. Um, and, like, within our friend groups, you know, out of this room. But when you really think about the circus that American politics is, I know I hear that a lot. Like, oh, it's just all circus, you know. I feel like that is something is that you have to consider. Maybe it is better for these people to run on those kind of same sex. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, what are, for so many people, so many voters in this country, it all just comes down to personality and whether or not you like generally like the person right which is so often not based like on branding. policy yeah, yeah it is it really is it's about like branding and like adver- creating. it falls into our advertising marketplace which is our biggest fucking like contribute contribution that i put in like air quotes to the world is our advertising mm-hmm. yeah mm. yeah and and does but Beto has it. I think that Cory Booker has it for the most part. He's really getting torn to shreds in in, in social media. Um, Has Rosario Dawson explicitly endorsed him yet? I don't think he should be present. Yeah, that is that is awkward. That leaves her in an awkward situation. I'd never even consider that until just this moment. Has she endorsed anyone yet? Not that I, not that know. I know. I haven't. Yeah, I'm not aware. Maybe she'll. Maybe they'll break up. <laughs> maybe they'll break up, and then she'll like spill the beans and like eat each night. <laughs> no, he's like he's honey. Like, she she's honey potting him, right? Like, like she's dating him for insider information on his campaign mm, that he can then <laughs> hand off to Sanders. It's all this very complex, like, uh, what is it called? Espionage. Yeah. It's very complex. It's, yeah. But it's Rosario Dawson. No, Rosario Dawson, Dawson's so a double, she's a double agent. <laughs> God, I hope mm. so. I love Rosario Dawson. I do too. I'm disappointed in her right now, mm. but I love her. Yeah, one of the other things that I wanted to talk about was uh, Mike Gravel, or I think it might be Gravel. I'm not sure. Um, I didn't really know who he was until, like, earlier this week. Uh, But he is a former U.S. senator uh, from Alaska who is— 
potentially thinking about running for president. Um, he he's he's known for being staunchly anti-imperialist, um, which is pretty cool about him. And apparently, uh, according to Zach, his his social media and I think potentially his larger campaign is being run by some like anarchist high schoulers. Um, so holy sh Alaska, is so weird. yeah. Oh, and this dude's like 88 years old. What? <laughs> but some of these some of these yeah. tweets um, has you know have been really fucking funny um, and like really really good like um, related to the um, the Rosario Dawson uh, Rosario Dawson thing we were talking about I think someone sent this tweet in one of our group chats I don't was it you who sent it it was probably Kelly it might have been Kelly um, one of the one of the things he tweeted was uh, Cory Booker, overgrown Chrome Dome, wants your kids to die in foreign theaters, but Rosario Dawson was in Daredevil, so it evens out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! He said he's 88 years he's old. He's 88 years old. He's literally my grandmother's age. Like my grandmother's 89 right now, and this is just giving me so much life that he is like this level of woke. <laughs> One of the things he tweeted was, uh, don't ever think the Democratic establishment is your friend. They want you to die in foreign wars and your children to work in starvation wage service jobs until they're 70 so that the top 0.1% can buy their kids way into Yale. He's not lying. No. Are we, no. Sure, that, are we sure that he's still alive? Uh, and, 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 and that he's not, like these kids haven't just hijacked his, his Twitter. What is, it, what is it that that movie about Bernie where yeah, he's dead and they're pretending uh, Oh, we did the Bernie's. It's a weekend at Gravel. <laughs> gravel. <laughs> and they're just pretending they've just like animated, reanimated, they hacked into this. Another hey, one. This pushes the debate. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, one of the things that was tweeted from his account was if Senator Gravel runs, the goal will be qualifying for the first two debates and then dropping out with an endorsement of a solid progressive candidate, hopefully with policy concessions from them. Our goal is simple shift the party leftward. Yeah. I'm with it. Yeah, I'm me too. With it. I think that it's funny that they're high schoolers. Yeah. Specifically, um, but I think that the, they had that he has the upper hand with that too because I mean let's be real like high schoolers can be really funny and they are so constantly up to date with um, connecting to like you know younger people. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like in that way, like as a 25 year old who doesn't know any high schoolers, I'm like, this is cool. This keeps me up to date and hip and young almost. Yeah. Dude, I love the Gen Z left. Like they're so, oh God, they're, they're so funny. And yeah. like in the fact that they're running this guy's Twitter is just amazing. Like another one, uh, broke imprisoning Chelsea Manning woke pardoning Chelsea Manning, bespoke, giving Chelsea Manning the Presidential Medal of Freedom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that is one of these kids, like, his grandson. <laughs> I have no idea. Actually, they were, uh, I saw a tweet where they were pushing Bernie Sanders to be more vocal about Chelsea Manning. You know, like, that's mm. great. Like, yeah, seriously. Push, push them. Hold like, them push everyone. And then it's all in this pretty great. It's like, a, I'm not afraid to do some work. It was like Amy Klobuchar. Klobuchar, and his response was, yeah, but your office workers were. <laughs> <laughs> like, geez, like, on it. These kids have no mercy, 
and they shouldn't because yeah. these people don't deserve it. Yeah. Like, I think it's really too, I think it's what's really cool too is that if he is from, if he's, you said he was a senator from Alaska. If he is from Alaska, it's just really ironic that he's like so anti-imperialist when he lives there. That'd be like, you know, really anti-imperialist person coming out of like Hawaii. Tulsi Gabbard? <laughs> yeah. 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 Oof. No. I'm not, See, I'm not even yeah. going. I'm not even That's touching not. that. Okay. I'm not even touching okay. that. Not being anti-imperialist with boots on the ground doesn't mean you're not using the CIA. And then yeah. we can, like, I think, period, leave it there. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, our candidates are... This has been a weird. This has been a weird... Um, I mean, but the primary isn't until, like, next year. And it's all... We're already in the shit. We're, you know? It's just going to keep getting weirder. Yeah. Uh -huh. it, it's exciting, but it's, like... It's, it's, you almost got that um, election fatigue already, you know? I feel like I'm already getting that election fatigue, and it's like, can we just start whittling the list down? Who isn't running, you know? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm all in it. I'm all about it. I'm not tired yet. I'm sure I will be by like halfway through 2020, but if you ever get tired, just go do some coke with that. <laughs> never getting tired. <laughs> just watch some speeches of him jumping on tables, and you'll be like, "All right, I'm energized. I'm inspired." We should invite him to come here. We'll just like move the mic that way, and he can just sit on the middle of the table. Yeah, we're just gonna mic stand to go up there. We'll just stand. Oh, right yeah. there. Like, we'll yeah. just be looking at him, and we can uh, just ask him like you know maybe like true or false questions. I don't know something easy. <laughs> and then we can yeah. have him on the show. That'd be great. We could all do some coke. Oh, that'd be really fun. We could do rapid fire, true, false. Oh my god, that'd be fun. And then we can do never have I ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when something that someone had pointed out uh, last week is that I don't know if you've seen this, but his logo, uh, like the font and the and the style, is literally identical to uh, the. Uh, the fonts and like the the label on Whataburger's pet ketchup packets. <laughs> I've no okay, so I've never been to Whataburger, but that me tickles either. me because isn't Whataburger very popular in Texas? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Is it intentional? <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if it was, because, like, that whole thing with Ted Cruz, like, remember that old man, the video of the old man being like, come on, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see those commercials? Yeah. Okay. Ted. <laughs> Ted. <laughs> this guy, like, he was talking about it one time, um, I think it was, like, Whataburger and, like, um, White Castle, and uh, oh, Ted yeah. Cruz was like, but I go to White Castle, and apparently there's no White Castles in Texas. Oh, <laughs> in Texas. Yeah. So, like, clearly you should vote for Beto because he goes to Whataburger in White Castle. <laughs> that, would, that would sway me. Right? <laughs> Isn't that how you base your political connections on which Certainly fast food America, Certainly in America. Certainly in Texas. I mean, definitely in Texas. Absolutely. <laughs> In Texas, it's really high up there on the priority list. <laughs> Just like um, Andrew Yang and Ben Shapiro debating about <laughs> circumcision. circumcision. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, oh. there's a tweet, there's a hashtag going around I saw. It's a hashtag uncut Wang gang. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like a part. I can't even. I'm not even getting into this. <laughs> Shapiro, so I guess I have to go with 
Andrew. With an Andrew Yang. I'm not wearing gang. This is amazing. They should make t-shirts. If they make t-shirts, I would 100%. I might buy one of those. Andrew Yang is truly... His, you know, we don't talk about him enough on the show. And there's a lot of things. Hey, this is Ben. Um, I did unfortunately commit a bit of a fuck-up. Uh, I... When we went to go tape this episode, I accidentally grabbed the wrong SD card. So we did run out of memory uh, during the taping. So we did lose about the last like two or three minutes. So sorry about that. Um, but thank you for uh, listening this far. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Michigan Progressive. And if you want to support us on Patreon, you can do so at patreon.com slash Michigan Progressive. And again, if you get your your podcasts on iTunes, uh, please go there and rate and review us as as it will help our show find new listeners. So, uh, yeah, thanks again. We'll be back uh, next week. Bye.